0: Keep it real simple Hey, listen, man, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm excited about this new series. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. So Happy New Year to you right now. It is all about no regrets, even if you have to mark out a letter. You know what I'm saying? Now, some of you, you're like, man, I don't even know what this is talking about. Well, it is your credo, all right? It comes all the way back from a little movie clip that we all laughed about for a long time. We thought, why not show it to you and remind you of why it is about no regrets in 2023.
1: Watch. <laughs> What's up, dog? Not much, dog. What's up with you?
0: I'm here to pick up Casey, you know what I'm saying? What's your name, man? Scotty P., you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Well, I'm awake and I speak English, so yeah, I do know what you're saying. Hi.
2: Bye, we're gonna go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, where do you think you're going? Would you please have a seat?
1: Hey, those are cool tats, man. Oh, for real. Thank you, bro. You see the
0: cobra? What is this one? Oh, this? Uh Uh-huh. That's my credo. No regrets. Mm Mm-hmm. You have no regrets? No, nope.
1: like not even a single letter.
0: No not. way. <laughs> not me.
1: Well, I love them
0: If you have ever had any young man walk in your house to date your daughter, you know what I'm saying you get it You know what I'm saying Scotty P. So listen, we're gonna have a lot of fun with it And here is the question. Is it possible if we're all honest to really live with no grants? It sounds good, but is it possible? because if we're really honest and we evaluate our lives everyone in this room everybody watching online we all have some regrets don't we I mean if you look back at your life maybe even this past year you're like oh sometimes they're silly regrets and sometimes they're serious regrets for example I look back over this past Christmas holiday season and I regret eating all of those Christmas trees all right I'm gonna be honest with you And then when I found out that there were so many more, the nutty buddy from the North Pole, the cherry cordials, whatever it is, Christmas gingerbread, I've only seen the ones on the bottom two. Every once in a while I see the bottom three, thank God, because I ate every one of them, loved it, couldn't help myself, and I regret it, but that's kind of a silly one. A more serious one when, when I look back a little bit further. Uh, it's been about nine years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Ian, my son, we were in the process of moving from Stockwell neighborhood out to Benton, and he didn't really help me while I was in the move. And so I grabbed him by the collar and I picked him up and put him against the wall. Not my best dad moment. And in that process, my wife grabbed me and looked at me and she said, You will never do that again. I'm not gonna live in a house where that kind of abuse or even looks like abuse is gonna happen. And I look back and think, man, why did I do that? I regret the fact that I lost my cool with my son when really something I shouldn't have done, but I did it. So as I started thinking about this series, and I started thinking about all of us, sometimes there are silly regrets, and then sometimes it's serious. And if we're evaluating those regrets, we always have a reason that we do it or that we continue to do it. Or maybe a better choice of words of why we do that. Because I was real quick when Angie was correcting me. Here's what I brought to her. You ready? It was an excuse. I was like, well, you just don't understand. You know. You don't understand. I mean, I'm not going to let my son act that way and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I ain't listening to all that. Same way when it comes to eating and all this kind of things. You can go, well, you know what I'm saying? It's no big deal. It's the holidays. And I'm there. I've got to work on it better going into 2023 for sure. But when I really look back at the serious side of things, My excuse for grabbing my son and putting him against the wall aggressively was because I was stressed out moving There was a big thunderstorm coming All of this pressure was on us. I mean, we saw it coming I'm trying to load the u-haul and he's in there eating cheetos laying down watching cartoons and I had had it I'm like, come on, dude. Get up. What are you doing? And looking back? I'm like, man Why did I lose my cool? Now my family because they're so sweet and kind and forgiving they've never let me forget that moment. I promise you. Every time it comes back up, they're like, dad, do you remember when you grabbed Ian by the shirt? and I'm like, okay, I get it. Because if I'm being honest with you, I regret it and I don't want to be remembered for that. So I started thinking about all of us in this room, all of us that watch online over there in North Dallas. Good morning, North Dallas as well. What do you want to be different moving into 2023? Do you want to be a better parent? Do you want to lose some weight? Do you want to get organized? Do you want to grow spiritually? I could go through a long list. And we all have them as you're calling, man, I need to do this better. I need to work on that. Here is what I have discovered to be absolutely true. As soon as you decide to be different, whatever that area may be, Satan gives me, you, an excuse to stay the same, doesn't he? It's like, hey, man, I really need to work on eating better. And then you go out and it's posadas and chips and queso. And I don't know. you're like, man, I ain't, I'll start tomorrow. Or somebody brings a great dessert. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm going to get better. And then something happens. It's right in front of you. This is the way it is for all of us. And if you go all the way back, Jesus even understood it. Look at this, Luke 14. Jesus replied with an illustration. Now, you got to know if Jesus talking about something He's trying to help us out. Are you ready? He said, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. This is one of the coolest stories. Next slide. When all of us were ready, he sent his service uh, around to notify the guests that it was time for them to arrive. So he was like, hey, man, we're going to have this big party. Y'all come on. But are you ready for this? They all began making excuses. See, Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven. He was talking about, man, there's this big party. You don't want to miss it. There's all these great things coming. But... Every person that he went out to invite, the illustration says, they all came up with an excuse on why they couldn't come, why they wouldn't make that decision, why they wouldn't be a part of God's big plan. One of them said, I bought a field. You mean like when you're buying a new house, you buy a new car. Man, I'm busy. Man, I'm going to come next week. I'm going to get there next week. I'll I'll handle it. Others are saying, hey, I bought an ox. This is the excuses they gave back then. It's kind of like us buying a car. Man, I got to get this new car set up. I got to wash it. I got to clean it. And then the last excuses they gave in this passage was, one of them said, man, I just got married. That's a pretty good one. That's why, you know, Will and Mary, some of our great volunteers here just got married. If you're going to have an excuse, that would be a good one. But the point was this. They were going to miss the greatest moment. They were going to not be a part of God's plan because they had something else they had to do, something else that was more important or appeared to be more important. And excuses, and I think what Jesus was really kind of laying out here is they've been around for a long time. So we came up with this because we live in a modern world. We came up with this called resolutions, all right? And don't get me wrong. I looked up the 2023 top resolutions. And there is the top, exercise more, eat healthier. These are kind of always the big ones because we're trying to overcome our excuses. So we're like, well, I'm going to be resolute. I'm going to make a resolution. It goes all the way through. Some people love them, some people hate them, but here's what's crazy. Almost no one accomplishes them. Are you ready for this stat? This is unbelievable. 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail. And I start thinking, wow, maybe you've seen this meme. You know, this is why our faces look like this when it comes out. This next slide will help out here. It's like it's almost time to repeat the whole New Year, new me thing, right? It's like, oh, here we go again. Because if we're honest... Our excuses and the things that we're working through, when we don't follow through, it leads to frustration and then more excuses. And we all have good intentions, but maybe that is part of the problem or it might even be the issue. Because good intentions equal me-centered goals. It's kind of like this picture I ran across and I think everybody can relate to this. It was like, we really believe that the world revolves around us and we're in a culture that that is absolutely celebrated. If you don't believe me, check out this next picture right here. This is what it's all about, right? (laughs) Even at the youngest possible age, it's like, it's all about me. Even the magazines, Time Magazine came out there, the me, me, me generation. And they even came out with a book recently that I think you've probably, you know, could learn from, I could learn from, the narcissism epidemic. Because if we're honest... Our resolutions and our ideas and the desire to change comes back to this is what I want to change. This is what I need to change. It's me centered. And that's maybe why 92% of us fail at those things. So here's a new idea. What about God intentions and centering ourselves on really what God wants for us? As opposed to the picture I showed you a minute ago, what about if this was the picture is that he really was the center of what we were trying to do. It's not just about what we want, but it's like, all right, God, what do you want? Because when I asked you earlier, I was like, hey, what do you want to be different in your life? And you probably thought of things. I need to lose some weight. I need to save some money. I need to get a little bit of that, whatever it is. But here's a different way to ask the question. What does God want to be different in your life? And then I started thinking back in my life, I was like, to be more patient with my kids, with someone in the world, wherever it may be, to get out of debt. If you got some debts going on, you're like, man, I need to get out of here. I need to save some money because God's going, I want you to have some margin to be able to help others. I want you to have some margin to be able to do some things that you enjoy doing, not always under the stress of all the debt that you carry. Maybe he does want us to get healthy. And the reason he wants us to get healthy is for a different reason than not just looking good in selfies. Maybe it's so that you can do more for him and he has so many more plans for you. So I wrote down the next question for me to process, for you to process today, is why does God want this part of your life to be different? If you're to think through and go, all right, what is God doing in my life? Why does he want me to be patient? Maybe it is because his desire for you is to change your workplace. And when you're patient, people look at you and go, man, there's something different about them. Or maybe it is to go on... A mission trip, something you've always dreamt of doing, but your money always hinders you. You never have enough money. You can't take off work. I have no freedom to do that. I'll never be able to do that. Or maybe even that's the other thing with your health. It's not just about you getting better shape. It's the fact that it hinders your ability to serve. I can't stand on my feet all the time. I'm too heavy, man. I've got a bad back. i got to work on this. i got to work on that. And God's going, no, I want you to get healthy. I want you to get out of debt. I want you to be a better person. I want you to be patient because... There's so many more things I want you to accomplish. There's so many more things I want you to experience. Tomorrow we leave for Juarez, and then Wednesday the rest of the group leaves. And every time I talk about going to Juarez or Africa or Haiti or Honduras, there's always a group of people like, I could never do that. I'm like, why couldn't you? And they're like, oh, I can't drive that far. I'm like, oh, this year we're flying. Well, I don't like planes. Excuses, excuses. I just don't think I can ever have that much money. I just don't think I could put that aside. It's like, man, war is only a couple hundred bucks. It's not that bad. It's really not that I know you gotta take off some work, but it's not a real expense. I just don't think I could do that. You just don't know my schedule. You don't know what I've got to do. Blah blah blah. I'm like, no, I get it. But here's the thing I want to remind you of as I remind myself. Are you ready? God wants to use you and your excuses. You're like No, Justin, really walk through what you just said. No, let me point it out to you. God has a plan to use you. And believe it or not, even the excuses that you've had, God has a weird way of turning those things around and using them for his glory, for his story. The best example of that is a guy by the name of Moses. If you look in Exodus 4, you will see Moses pleading with the Lord, Lord. I'm not a good speaker because you remember, God called him to be the speaker to go before this Pharaoh to set his people free. And Moses is like, no, I can't do that. I'm not a good speaker. There's no way I can do that. I've never been. I'm not now. Even after you've spoken to me, for I have a speech impediment, speech impediment. I can't do this, God. And Moses was full of excuses. And this is what I want you to remember. And God is full of reminders. You go, what do you mean? God comes back and he looks at Moses and says, I hear your stutter. I hear your speech impediment. I hear your excuses. But look, who makes mouths? Isn't it the Lord? Who makes a man so that he can speak or not to speak? See or not see? Hear or not hear? See, God reminds Moses. And even in those excuses that... Really, Moses was like throwing out there. Here we are thousands of years later, and God's even using Moses' excuses to teach us something. Because here's the thing that I got to kind of work through and you got to work through. You're in this room. You're looking at 2023. You're looking at your future. You're trying to get some th- stuff straight like everybody else. You're going, you made it to church today, man. You turned it on. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm, it's the beginning of my year. I'm going to do something. I want you to know that God is on your side. He has a unique plan for you. As good as you think your plan is and as smart as you think you are, God's like, no, 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 just trust me. And if you will trust me, I'm going to do something that's going to be pretty awesome. You go, how do you know that, Justin? Well, look at Exodus 4, 12. God comes back to Moses. He says, I want you to go. And I promise you, God says to Moses, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. Now, if you're here today and you're trying to wrap your mind around what does this have to do with you, whatever excuse you have, whatever excuse you brought in here, whatever excuse you have a tendency to kind of lean on, here's my challenge to you. Let's remember Moses and let's apply those same principles to our life. That God cares about us, that he has a plan for us, that he understands excuses because they've been around for a long time. But yet God can even use our excuses to teach other people to change us, to impact us, and eventually change the world. Because without that powerful moment of Moses leading his people out of Egypt, we don't have the stories we have now. We don't have the lessons that we can apply to now. And so I started thinking there, I wrote down two things, two quick points to help and teach you just the way God says that he did for Moses. And this is the point I want you to remember first, do what you can do, do what you can do. Now you'll see why this is important when you see point two, but before we get there, the scripture said, God looked at Moses and he says, now you go. Like he's saying, hey, Moses, you got to take a step. you got to move. you got to try. Don't just sit there. Do something. Do what you can do. Stop making excuses. Put down the little Debbies or the beer or the cigarettes or whatever it is and take the step. Ask for you in here that have gone, man, one day I want to have some quality relationships with people that will help me grow in my relationships with Christ and with others. Well, then you got to go into the lobby and go, hey, where's Amber? Where's the life group thing? I need this in my life. And so you'd have to go and ask about it. Or for some of you, you're like, man, one day I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to get involved in the church. I'm going to not just sit here in the dark. I'm actually going to take a step to, man, if they're setting up and tearing down, I'd like to learn a little bit about that. Go. Go into the lobby. Ask. Use the communication card. Download the app. If you've not downloaded the app right now, Download the app. Because when you put in the communication card, I want to help, I want to serve, then a Mallory Samanko will reach out to you and say, hey, let me get you involved. They do a volunteer. They tell you about all the areas that are serving in. All the excuses kind of fly out the window because it's like, hey, we're not perfect. We didn't get it all figured out. But neither are you. So we kind of make a good match. So as we start trying to figure out this together, let us get on this journey as we help you figure that out. Don't wait till Easter. <laughs> To start volunteering. People always wonder, like, when we get to Easter, we're always like, hey, come volunteer. And a lot of people do. But what about for the next three or four months? You could be growing. You could be having relationships. It could be radically different between now and Easter if you'll just go. Now, I called a friend of mine to ask him if I could share his story. And he's like, are you really going to share my story? I'm like, if if you give me permission, I would like to. And here is this picture. This is my brother-in-law. Angie's brother and that is his son Sawyer that's at his baptism I want you to notice that he had peace coming up man it was in the process of the peace right which is awesome but the reason I put Michael's picture up here is because if anybody knows anything about Michael I've been married to his sister for 25 years I have seen Michael walk through a lot of lows and a few highs it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. But when I thought about do what you can do, take that first step, I thought about Michael even today. Because Michael is in the best place he's been in a long, long time. And you go, well, what do you mean? Well, he went through one of the darkest places he had been in a long, long time. That drove him into where he is currently. And in that process, what I saw is Michael removing excuses on why he couldn't do this, he couldn't do that, and started just actually doing what he could do. From being a great father, to volunteering, to even being a part of a life group, and eventually now say, man, I want to lead a life group. He's going to be out in the lobby, Daniel, who plays drums, they got another life group, they kind of work together on these things, but he said, man, if somebody's wanting to be in a life group that's talking about struggling and purity of the mind and mistakes that they've made in the past. He's like, man, hey guys, I'm here. I've been there and it's cost me. But no excuses. I'm going to do what I can do now and I'm going to take steps. And he's been working on all of these things in his life for over a year now. And as a result, his relationship with his son has gotten better. His son got baptized. He's leading his family. Perfect. Not by a long shot. But neither am I and neither are you. But what reminded me of this particular illustration, we went to Christmas Eve at Mimi's after the service. And I laughed because I looked over and Michael was running a camera. And I was laughing in my mind thinking, Michael Howard is running a camera on this stage. Like, wow. So we get back to the house and I'm like, Michael, I know you were doing some stuff backstage, but when did you start getting to run the camera? He goes, man, they just came to me and said, hey, dude, you're up, you're running camera. And I was like, well, did you know how to do it? And he said, no, they just said, basically, uh, this, is fo- this is going in, zooming out, zooming in, just get out there and wing it. Good luck, have a good day, you know, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and I thought in my mind, how many of us would have an excuse on why I'm not gonna do that? Dude, I'm not qualified, I don't know if I can do that, I'm gonna mess it up. No, he said, okay, man, I'll give it a shot, I'll try. And the truth is, he did a great job. Did he make some mistakes? Sure. Do I make mistakes? Do we all make mistakes, whether it's video or lights or whatever? Of course we do. It's not about being perfect. It's about saying, you know what? I'm willing to do what I can do for you, Lord. Same way with doing a life group. You start thinking like, would you really lead a life group? There's no way I can lead a life group. Okay, Moses. I'm just not really good at that. Okay. Let me help you and let me teach you. But do what you can do. Go. Don't just sit there and think, oh, it's going to happen. And let me tell you something. There are so many needs in the church right now from life groups to volunteers. Before we ever even get to Easter, it could be your opportunity right now to take that step of something you've always wanted to do. We have more mission trips coming up this year than we've had in a long time. COVID, thank God, we've moved past to some degree. So now we can go to Honduras coming up and Africa is coming up. You know, I've always wanted to do that. I just don't know that I can... Let's eliminate the excuses and do what you can do. And the next thing you know, you may look back and go, man, this was one of the greatest years of my life. When I talk to Michael and he talks about his son and he talks about the things that have happened, we were starting to do the mission projects for the hub and for uh, helping all of these different poverty situations. And every time I looked up, Michael was there. He's like, "Dude, I don't want to miss it. I would not miss it because now it's changing me and I'm thinking, "All right, here we are, y'all. You want to be different. You want to take the steps. No excuses. Just do what you can do. We're not a perfect church by longs. You can mess up and it's going to be okay. I promise you. We mess up a lot. But just do what you can do. Take the step." I'm proud of you today for getting up and turning on the TV or turning on the computer and watching. I'm proud of you for getting here, for bringing your kids, for coming back. It's a new year. But now do what you can do. And the second thing is this, and Michael will tell you this more than anything else you got to trust God to do what he can only do. You know what I'm saying? Look, like there's some things you just cannot do. I just don't have the ability. You remember the passage of scripture, I'm going to go back to it, Exodus 4, 12. Now go. That's your part. Go do it. Go. Take the step because I'm going to help you and I'm going to teach you. God's going to do his part of it. Now go. I will help you and I will teach you. But here's the truth. And this is what I've been working on in my life for now. I've been, I can't even say, man, pastor for nearly 30 years. You know what I'm saying? Say for a long time. I mean, I go all the way back to, I'm like 18 years old when I finally really got it. I mean, I started as a young person and did the best I could then. But as I got to older, I was like, all right, God, I'm serious about this. And here's the lesson that I get in my mind. God won't help you until you go. Some people are like, God, just help me. God, help me. But you don't take any steps. You don't make any moves. And the best illustration I could think about was when I was teaching my kids how to ride their bikes you remember how this was imagine if I got my kids on the bike and I started going all right here we go we're gonna do it but they never pedal they never try to keep their balance they're just like you're like what are you doing you gotta balance it you gotta pedal it's the same way for you God is gonna do his part but you gotta do your part that's why you did it today it's a big deal it's a big deal when you finally come out. I know that this problem is not helping me. Well, I don't care if it's drinking too much alcohol, eating too many little Debbies. Whatever it is, you gonna dude, I have got to do my part. And God's like, hey, I got you. I see you trying and I am going to help you. And as you begin to take these steps and as you begin to pedal the bike and he begins to help you, you're going to look up and you're going to be further down the road than you ever thought you would be. But it don't happen making excuses. Some of you already, this is excuses in your mind. Start playing, but I'm weak, Justin. You just don't know me. <laughs> Glad you brought it up, 2 Corinthians 12. Jesus answered, I'm all that you need. My power works best in weak people. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Trust God and trust Him that He has the power to do what needs to be done. You're not on your own. You're not just winging it. And I hope all this works out. He's like, no, do what you can do. Let God do what only he can do. And in your weakness is when he is the strongest. Job came back and said like this, I know, God, that you can do all things. Nothing can put a stop to your plans. Remember Job, all the stuff he went through? In the midst of all of the negativity, everybody coming against him, His even wife was negative to him, right? And he came back and said, like, no, listen, I know, God, that you can do all things and nothing can put a stop to your plans. Another biblical giant, Jeremiah, comes back. Oh, God, I see you. You made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power, your long arm, nothing is too hard for you. Now, if you need a New Testament reminder, Christ is the one who gives you strength to do whatever I must do. Over and over again, the scripture keeps being clear. Man, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Not on your own. But leaning and trusting God to do what you can't do. And in your weakest moments is when He is the strongest. You can make excuses or you can make the change. And as I look at this phrase right here, I think about so many things in my life. I could have very easily continued to make excuses for why I treated Ian the way I did. I really am evaluating the little Debbie problem I have, so work pray for me right now. But as we start moving forward, I'm like, all right, am I going to keep making excuses, or are we going to try to make the change? Maybe as we talk about this, no regrets, no excuses, little idea, and, and we move in every week. I'm going to have something else. it would be no regrets and something else, removing something else. But this excuses is a big one. It reminded me of a movie that I saw not too long ago powerful movie and it is not the christian movie that everybody traditionally thinks of a christian movie it's a movie called father stew and i like it because it's got a lot of cussing in it but y'all pray for me all right that's that's probably just me because i'm like dude keep it real well i mean let's don't play games here let's keep it real and if you don't know the story The reason it had the custody, because this is where this guy was and what God was doing in his life and what his desire was and how God shaped it and turned it. And I pulled the trailer for you just so you can understand, because it's really about no excuses. It's about changing. It's about being different. And it's about you doing what you can do and letting God do what he can do and what he can only. He's the only one that can do it. Here's just a little reminder from the movie Father Stew watch
1: i figured it out yeah seventh times a charm i'm being actor oh god you don't belong with those la folks they're a bunch of fascist hippies
2: I- what brings you here
3: and i figured no better place to be discovered in the supermarket hey did i see you on a television series you do movies you don't work in the entertainment industry at all
1: no man you still know you're fussing with this truck? I'm the son. I'm just barring it. I reckon it's a few months worth of cleanups on aisle four to pay off a of DUI impound. What can I get for you, miss? I got beef. I can see that. Hey! Hey!
3: Let's not waste either of our time. I'm a Catholic. Well, ain't that what confession's for? I can't date someone who isn't baptized. I thought you was going to say Hispanic. Where's the water? I'll do it now. I know I'm not what you used to. And not what you deserve either. Life's gonna give you a gut full of reasons to be angry.
1: You only need one to be grateful.
2: I think God saw something in you worth saving. But it's up to you to decide what you've got to offer.
3: This is the place you told me you believed in me. And I thought it makes sense being back here to do this.
1: Your son is about to make a huge mistake. Well, I'm going to be a priest. For Halloween.
3: I'm praying for you, Bill.
1: Don't you dare. You're violating my rights. There's a man going around taking names. We've all been wrong, and we've all done some wrong. But he came to, to forgive us. Everybody won't be
3: treated all the same.
1: There's no easy way to deliver this news. You have a progressive muscle disorder. The muscles weaken until they cease to function.
3: Is there anything it doesn't mess with?
1: Yeah, erectile function.
3: I'm trying to be a priest, pal.
1: The wise men will bow down before the throne. I don't know.
0: I won't down.
1: Why? It's late. And at his feet, they'll cast their golden crown. Man don't lose when he gets knocked down, but when he won't get up. Ah, baby. There is concern amongst the diocese that your
3: infirmity will render you unable to be a priest. Listen to the words
1: long written down.
3: What you guys get, one phone call a week in here? Who you gonna call, huh? When no one else cares what you got to say God does. When the man comes around. He ain't giving up on you. Don't you dare go giving up on yourself.
1: Hear the trumpets, hear the vipers. One hundred million. Where are you going? Well, I got to get you to church on time. Who are you here to visit, sir? Father
2: Stewart. You and everybody else. When the
3: man comes we shouldn't pray for an easy life, but the strength to endure a difficult one.
0: Come on, y'all. Now, if you've not seen it, you need to see it. I mean, I don't know if we're kids around, but you need to see it. And. Some of you say, well, that's just Hollywood, Justin. I mean, no, Stu is real. It's a real story, it's a true story. They show it at the end, they talk to his family, they have all that stuff in the end, so hang in and watch that at the very end. But what I decided to do is to show you the real person who made it. It's Mark Wahlberg. Put the money up himself, called Mel Gibson. Together they put the money up. They're both Catholic guys. They're like, hey man, we need to tell this story. Not for the Catholic reason for the reason that they both want to be better. They both both want to be different. And yes, they're both Christians. Now, they may not be the way you think they should be, but I'm gonna tell you, those, both of these men know Jesus. And I'm gonna prove it to you, but I'm gonna show you Mark Wahlberg and him talking just a little bit about Father Stu and a little bit of the process of making this movie. And you go, well, why, Justin? Because there have been a lot of excuses not to do it. And Father Stu had a lot of excuses that he didn't use. And maybe we can learn just a little bit about No Excuses by listening to Mark Wahlberg. Watch.
3: I ain't giving up. Not on him or me.
0: A
2: fighter finding faith.
1: I'm going to be a priest. For Halloween.
2: That is the story of Mark Wahlberg's latest film, and not an unfamiliar one to the 50-year-old star himself. What
3: the church needs is somebody who's gonna fight for God. That's me. I was at a pivotal time myself in my own spiritual journey, and it's certainly the most important film that I've ever done.
2: Father Stu is the inspiring and often painful true story of Stuart Long, a middling boxer who became a priest while suffering from a degenerative muscle disease. It's all God's grace. You just gotta let him in. He'll do the heavy
0: lifting. Amen.
2: Does this movie feel different and special to you than maybe any other that you've done before?
3: Absolutely. Obviously, it's the greatest role that I ever got to play. It's the first time I actually really had to go the extra mile to get the movie made. You've talked about this
2: movie as a turning point In your life, what do you mean when you say that?
3: I've had many, many uh, turning points, eye opening experiences, things that I've learned that have just kind of touched me and and helped me to get to the position that I'm in now. It was like, okay, how do I use the platform that I have now to give back and start to do service? And so, you know, kind of getting Stu's word out there, continuing to promote his message, and just encouraging people to focus more on their faith and to have hope. I certainly wasn't put in this position for for nothing. Just got to do more.
2: Wahlberg has risen to the heights of Hollywood from Boston's Dorchester neighborhood, where he grew up poor as one of nine children and as a teenager fell into a violent life on the streets. You want to look at St. Matthew, St. Augustine, St. Francis? I mean, some of the most remarkable figures in the history of the Church are
3: Reformed men.
2: It doesn't take a... Sherlock Holmes to see some parallels to your own life about
3: redemption, second chances. Absolutely. I don't think anybody's beyond redemption as long as they want to repent and want to do good.
0: Yeah, come on. Somebody clapping for him. You can think about your life. You can think about what God's blessed you with, your talent, your gifts, your abilities. And you can start thinking about what excuses would you make? When he was trying to make this movie and he was passionate about it, he heard about Father Stu and he was like, man, it'd be cool to tell this story and nobody in Hollywood would do it. He had plenty of excuses or reasons not to do it. But here's the lesson that I'll put on the screen for you that I'm really trying to get across today is when you eliminate excuses, you live a no regrets life. If you just keep making excuses on why you can't do this and why that ain't going to work, and that, then you're never going to accomplish it. And this is why Mark, to me, was just, it's just a cool story because in the world where we look at all this other stuff, you got to know a little bit about what's going on. The other side of this is Mel Gibson, and y'all know, man, he's had his struggles. But what I love about Mel is his transparency and his honesty as well. No more excuses, but hey, what am I going to try to do? And I ran across another clip I want to share with you. And the reason I bring this one up is because remember me talking about grabbing my son and putting him against the wall and not really wanting to be that kind of dad. The reason I pulled this clip is because Mel also tells that side of his life. And the reason he brings it up is in this movie, he is the father to the character Father Stu. And it's got a great story. I don't want to ruin the movie. I don't want to tell you about how it all works out. But here's Mel talking about his side of no excuses and no regrets. Watch. Watch
1: everybody's got a boulder man and everybody's got you know they got a drag or something around and then and of course uh, something's going to come by and uh, knock you down at some point in your life now later and uh, how how do you stand up from that you know and uh, how do you how do you not only stand up but find the purpose in that there's a purpose for all of this and so it's looking for that purpose and i think uh, i think you know if 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 we're too self involved i think uh, if your head's too big, put it that way, it's an easier target to get hit. And if if, if your ego's not that healthy, if, if you actually realize there's something greater than you and find a little bit of humility, you're got, you're not gonna get hit as hard, uh, even if you do get hit, because you're gonna realize that there's a purpose in it, and you're not the most important thing in the world. That. Uh, and that there's a way to deal with that stuff And almost be grateful for it So, you know, and the other thing One of the other things I think was then It was like that uh, it's never too late to fix stuff Yeah You know, if if there's uh, If there's something you missed I mean, I got nine kids, you know And I haven't been a perfect parent um, But it's, you know the, the, I have realized on a, a few occasions That you can kind of go back and fix stuff if If you missed it the first time around, you know
3: It is
2: never too late to turn things around.
0: Come on, y'all. Give it up for both of them. Pretty cool story. Now you go, all right, Justin, before we walk out of here, what do you want me to remember? What do you want me to work on? Well, I pulled one other scripture, and it's a great reminder. In the end, God says, I will turn things around for my people. When you're trying to figure out if today is a fresh start, a new beginning, if you can believe in something greater than you. For us, that is the person of Jesus. And that he has the power to turn things around in your life. Then I'm asking you to do that, to grab a hold of that. As Mel said, to make it bigger than yourself. Your resolutions, your plan for 2023 has got to be something bigger than just you. That there's a purpose for you being here. And when you understand that, he says, man, I'm going to help you. I'm going to... Turn it around for my people. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, one of our favorite scriptures, anyone who belongs to Christ is a brand new person. This is why that relationship with him is so important. It's, It's not who you used to be. The past is forgotten and everything is new. It's like it's a new chance. Today is a new beginning. It's our first service back. It's a new year. No excuses, no regrets. God I need Jesus. Come into my life. Change me. I need a fresh start. And for me, what I started doing is I even making the notes of this is making a list of the things that I can do and then the things that I cannot do and ask God for help. You can go download these notes. You can start doing that. It's on the app every time. You can go and look again. You can listen again, driving around. You can share with other people. But the real deal is to apply it back to where you are and realize you are not the center of the world that God is, that Jesus is. And he's like, I want to be the center of your life, not just this world. And when you understand that and you're trying to change, you're trying to get something done, I don't care if it's a relationship situation, a kid situation, a job situation, a financial situation, a weight situation. Look at what Jeremiah says. I am the Lord your God. I'm the Lord of all mankind. Is there anything too hard for me? There's not. He can do it. So this is when we lean into him and depend on him and trust him. And the last verse before you leave. If you stay joined to me, Jesus said... You're going to produce plenty of fruit. But separated from me, you won't be able to do what? Anything. This is why I go back to that point. Do what you can do and trust God to do what you cannot do. Because you have to have him. I have to have him. And if I get separated from him, if I don't hang with him, if I don't meet with him, if I don't listen to what his word says, if I don't come and be a part of what it is that he wants us to be a part of, like a church service, like watching online, joining a life group, going on a trip, getting all these things in, then, dude, you begin to just wear down and go, man, I can't believe this is all life has to offer. And then guess what? Speaking of our kids, that's what they learn from you. That life is about exhausting yourself for stuff that don't matter, for stuff that breaks for stuff that just is worn out and you're worn out and they're going, is this is the life that this is Christianity? This is following Jesus. Or they see you so fulfilled and so grateful and so willing to help other people that something begins to change in you, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in this world. Do what you can do and trust God to do what you can. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that right now as people are watching, as people are in this room, we start thinking about all the excuses on why we can't do anything. What I am so thankful for is that they tuned in today, that they got up, got their kids here, they came to church. Lord, they could have slept in, they could have done something else, but I pray that as they listen to the message that they'll learn something, that they'll, they'll apply it. Whether it's a biblical principle or whether it's a modern illustration from a guy like Mark or Mel that's going, hey, listen, everybody's going to tell you you can't do it. I can make excuses or I can say, all right, God, help me. I'm going to do what I can do and then I want you, Father. To help me pull off what only you can do. Some people want to go on a mission trip one day. Some people, they really do want to learn to give. They want to find a way to get out of debt so that they can be generous to other people. God, help them to do their part. And then you, God, do your part. And it all starts with surrender. So Jesus, we ask you to come into our life. To change us. To forgive us. Give us a fresh start. A new beginning. Man, not for church reasons. But for relationship reasons. For personal reasons. Change us, God. And as we start this new year off, help us to eliminate the excuses to trust you and to live a no regrets life. I thank you, Jesus, that you hear us and you promise to help us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.